Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Joey Miller podcast today. I'm Pastor Joey Miller from Champion Christian Center, and today we're talking about overcoming fear. This is such a hot topic uh, in life. I feel like we could address this topic like once a week, but we're going to open up God's word and see what his word says on how we can overcome fear. Anxiety doesn't have to keep us bound, but we can walk in freedom. Let's get into the word. talk about overcoming fear, overcoming fear. And I feel like this is a topic that we could address uh, very often because just as quickly as we think we overcome it, the enemy is a liar and he'll try to sneak back in and make us feel anxious, especially in the world that we're living in. You could turn on the news, you could be completely fine, turn on the news and then feel that fear try to come at you. Uh, Or whatever it is, the enemy is very crafty. He's not creative. So in your life, he will always be looking for an opportunity to try to make you feel fearful. Now, here's the key. Just because you feel it coming at you, just because you maybe have a a, a thought that tries to come into your mind, doesn't mean you have to receive it. I've had conversations with women time and time again that have said, I've tried to to declare the word. I've tried all of these things, and I still feel uh, tempted, so to say, to give in to fear. I still feel that anxiety trying to come on me. And the enemy, what he tries to do is to make you feel like, oh, if you feel that coming on you, then you're already given into fear. You might as well just retreat and just let it hit you full force. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that when we're tempted, the word of God gives us power to overcome every temptation. And so we can stand strong. Philippians says, do not worry. Do not be anxious about anything. And I hold on to that scripture in Philippians 4, 4 because of this. If the Lord commands you to do something, then that means that he also gives you the grace or the power to do it. Because of Jesus, he doesn't command us to do something that we're not graced to do. He wouldn't tell us not to do it if we didn't have the power to overcome it. Now, I know fear and anxiety, then when they try to come on us, they make us try to feel like we don't have power against it. And I have been in that position where you wake up in the middle of the night and you have racing thoughts or you just feel anxious for no good reason. And I want to tell you through Jesus Christ, you can overcome those feelings. So let's take a look at what the word of God says uh, today. We're going to talk about overcoming fear because the enemy wants to use fear to intimidate you, to hold you back, to paralyze you, to cripple you, to distract you from what God has in store for your life. So we're overcoming fear through faith this morning. We're living and walking out the plan and the purpose of God courageously and boldly as we open up God's word. And we're going to be in uh, we're, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 17, but I want to start off this morning if you have your Bible you uh, you can turn with me to 2 Corinthians 10:5. Actually, we'll start in verse 4. It says For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but we have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We don't fight in the flesh, 
but we fight in the spirit. And fear is actually a spirit. There's a spirit behind fear. It's not just a feeling that we have. There is a spirit that comes and tries to hold you back and intimidate you from what God has for you. And one of the greatest ways that the enemy does this, by he tries to spew lies into your life. Uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, he used to say, I can't control if birds fly over my head, but I can control if I'm going to let them make a nest in my hair. What he was saying was, you can't control all of the thoughts that, that maybe go across your mind in a day or all of the influences or voices that you hear, but you can control the ones that you let get in and that you absorb and the things that you actually believe in your mind. You do have control over that. And the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 10:5 that we are actually to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That means every thought that I have, I'm measuring it against the word of God because the Bible calls Satan the father of lies, the father of lies. And he will tell you a million lies a day trying you to take the bait, uh, to, to really say, you know what, I'm going to believe this. I'm going to ingest it into my life. I'm going to receive it as truth in my life. And the Bible tells you that you can reject those thoughts. You can expose them. How do you expose something that's false? You expose it by the truth of what it is. They say, how do you know what a counterfeit dollar bill looks like? Not by uh, looking at a million counterfeits, but by studying the real, uh, the real McCoy, the one that is actual uh, real and true. And, and that's how you can d differentiate between what is true and what is false. Well, the same way is in the word of God with our thoughts. The more you get into the word, the more you know what the truth of what God's word says, the more you can pick up on the lies of the enemy. Listen, fear is this, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Things that they come on and want to threaten you. Things that want to uh, get your thoughts thinking erratic thoughts, taking you down paths that you should not go. False evidence appearing real. And most of the time, it's from the Father of lies of the enemy trying to come against you and get you to take the bait. You know, 99% of what you worry about, the fears that you have, will never happen to you. Some people spend their whole life trapped in fear and never take any ground, never take any risks, never step out in faith because of fear. 99% of what you fear will never happen to you. Think about that. When you're spending all night up worrying, when you can't sleep at night, when you wake up tired, when you wake up in anxiety, when, when you want to do something that you feel like God's telling you to do and you're just too afraid of it. Think about that. 99% of the time, what I fear will not happen. You know, just like faith is expectation for what God's word says and what we want to see come about in our lives, fear is actually expectation for the bad things to happen. Let me give you an example. I know somebody, and during COVID, they were just really, uh, really in fear of, of just death. They had a newborn baby. They were afraid to go out. They wouldn't let anyone come in. And they were really trapped inside fear. And I get a phone call, and I, uh, this person says, so-and-so uh, was shot. And I'm like, what in the world? What are you talking about? This person that hasn't even left their house in months, how did they get shot? Uh, and they proceeded to tell me that they were actually in 
uh, their bedroom of their house and uh, just minding their own business, just doing their own thing, not bothering anybody. And all of a sudden, they look down, they hear, sounds like a firecracker, and they hear, and they look down and they're bleeding. There was a, a fight and, and they got shot in their own bedroom. Now, thank the Lord, uh, they were okay. But my point is this, fear is like a magnet. Fear is like a magnet. Whatever you think about, you bring about. Whatever you're focused on, you're going to attract to your life. Now, you could stay in a little bubble, but fear is always going to be knocking at your door. I think about the book of Job, where Job says, that which I feared the most has come upon me, because fear is like a magnet. Now, that's powerful if you think about that most of the thoughts that you have based in fear are never going to happen, except that you bring them about. It's like a magnet to your life. The definition for that is actually called a foreboding thought, a foreboding thought. That is a thought that is actually attracting bad things, that you're actually expecting bad things to happen. And I don't know about you, but I was raised kind of in negativity. And my mother, my mother God bless her, would always be like, yeah, the baby's going to fall and crack their head open. And, or, or all of these you know, horrible scenarios playing out in your mind and speaking that. And, and I had to really break out of that and say, no, in Jesus' name. And I would just start confronting uh, any negativity that would start to come my way. Those foreboding thoughts, expecting bad things to happen. That's what 2 Corinthians 10.5 says. Take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. If it doesn't, uh, it doesn't cause faith in your life, it's not worthy for you to think about. It's not worthy for you to meditate on. And it's certainly not worthy of those foreboding thoughts. If you've ever heard the story of the elderly gentleman, and he and his wife have been married uh, for about 40 years, and uh, one night he hears an intruder, and so he goes down into the kitchen and sees a burglar in the house, and startled, the burglar looks at him, and, and he responds. He says, finally, you're here. And uh, the intruder is really confused and just like, what? And, and he said, my wife's been expecting you for 40 years. And I had to laugh at this because if you're a woman and you've ever been like, hey, do you hear somebody in the house? And, and that's what he was saying. She was expecting a burglar for like 40 years. And finally he came and, and the, the husband was like relieved. Like, finally, we can put this to rest. It happened. And, and it, it's obviously a joke in a story. But um, I remember my husband, uh, we live in an old farmhouse and he actually bought a fan because there were so many creaks in the house. And I was like, did you hear that? Did you hear that? And, and finally, uh, one night I was like, did you hear that? Like, I really did hear something. And he got up out of bed and I thought he was going to like be my knight in shining armor and go take care of it. And he actually just went over and flipped on the fan. He said, I actually forgot to turn the fan on tonight. And then he went back to bed. So buy a fan if you're hearing things in the middle of the night. Buy a fan. But, but really take those thoughts captive, the foreboding thoughts that want to come into our lives and cause us to be in fear and intimidation. Let's go for a minute to 1 Samuel 17. I promised you we'd go there for our morning devos. So it's a story of David and Goliath. And uh, Goliath represents uh, the enemy's intimidation in this story over our lives. If you know the story, we're going to pick up in verse 4. It says, And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin slung between his shoulders. He stood, listen to verse 8, 
He stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up battle? Am I, a, am I not a Philistine and you're the servants of Saul? See, he's intimidating them. He's saying, uh, how dare you come out? Do you not realize who I am? You're just servants of Saul and I'm this big, huge Philistine. Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Listen to what verse 11 says. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. This is a huge tactic of the enemy. Uh, it goes on to say that he was spewing these lies over the army of Israel for 40 days and 40 nights nonstop, telling them they're weak. Who do you think you are? You're going to lose. Uh, we're going to destroy you. Day and night for 40 days and 40 nights. And it got into their heads to the point where they were hiding in the hills. The mighty army of God was now actually hiding in fear because of the threats and the accusations and the intimidation that was coming from the enemy. And that is his plan. That's his play for your life. Because if you walk in the authority and the identity of who you are and who the enemy knows you are, it is game over for him. And, and so his best play is to talk you out of the power and the authority that God has given you to walk in. And he does it by spewing these lies over your life. Uh, what if this happens? What if? What if we go out to fight and we lose? Uh, we're weak. We, we can't fight against this thing. And, and it's like a wall of intimidation that tries to push you back, push you back to the point where you don't want to do anything for God. You're like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in my house, read my Bible, and, and I'm just going to leave everybody alone. No, you were created for more. You were created to take ground in this life. Your fashion for victory. But if the enemy can talk you out of your authority and your identity, he's going to keep you crippled in fear. You know, there's one little phrase that the enemy loves to play on in our lives. And it's, it's what if. What if this happens in my life? What if things don't go right? What if things go wrong? And, and always gets us to slant towards uh, the negative in our lives. And I give this example uh, all the time that uh, I was driving down the road and my husband was in a car accident. The kids were really small and, you know, it's like worst case scenario in your mind. Uh, and I drive up on this accident and I'm like, wow, that was a really bad accident. And I start to look a little bit closer and I'm like, oh, that's my husband's car. And so I get out of the car and I leave the kids with um, somebody who I trusted who was on the side of the road. And I go over and, and, and I see it's just a mess. Like I, I saw things that I shouldn't have seen. So let me say this. Sometimes the fear and the intimidation comes from, uh, in, from lies and things that will never happen. Sometimes the enemy tries to play on things that maybe did happen, but he tries to skew them in a way of defeat and not victory. What do I mean by that? So I, I saw this traumatic thing in my life. And so we went home and Thank God. God did a miracle in that situation. My husband had very little injury, mainly surface, uh, no head trauma, uh, nothing like that. His head actually went through the windshield, so it's a miracle, and he had past head injuries. It was a miracle. God saved him. He did a miracle in that situation. Uh, and so, but what happened was 
I went home and even though my husband was fine, I didn't focus on the miracle. I focused on the what ifs. And what happened was the enemy took that situation and he turned it into a place that he was now holding me hostage in fear. What do I mean by that, holding me hostage? There was now an area in my life that any time he wanted to pull the string of fear, it was paralyzing to me. It was crippling to me. I'll give you a couple examples. Anytime I would hear an ambulance or anytime I would hear a police car, I would automatically think, oh my goodness, what if, what if, what if? And I would be panicked and I wouldn't be able to, to go on with my day until I called everybody that I knew and made sure they were okay. It was a what if in my life. It was the enemy spewing lies over me that was actually keeping me in bondage. And it took me one day saying, you know what? I can't live like this anymore. Now I'm talking, I was a spirit-filled woman of God who was being held hostage to fear because of the what ifs in my life. I wasn't focused on what God did. I was still focused on what if this happens again? And it kept me in a place of bondage. Another thing that it did was it took me down foreboding thoughts, things that I shouldn't be thinking about. You know, I remember after his accident, he was completely fine. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who, who thinks like that. Let me know if, if maybe you have had this happen to you before. Uh, in my mind, he was fine. Thank God he was fine. But in my mind, I was like, what if he would have, you know, not survived the accident? What if? And I was picturing like a funeral and, and all of the emotions followed that and fear was just having its way. And instead of uh, rejoicing in the fact of what God did, I was now allowing my emotions and my thoughts to line up with if there wasn't a miracle or if God didn't protect my husband. And so I was actually allowing the enemy to steal my joy, to steal the grace that was upon my life, uh, to steal all of these things because I wasn't guarding my mind. And I had to stop back and say, stop it. God did a miracle in this situation. Some of you listening today need to have that moment where you say, you know what? Stop, stop. God is a miracle working God. You know, there's not grace for that in your life. And you might say, wait, 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 what are you saying? There's always grace. There's not grace for our foreboding thoughts. There's not grace for our what ifs. The Bible says that the grace of God is there for you when you need it. He will never leave you or forsake you. His grace is sufficient in your time of need. Well, there's not grace for me to walk through my husband's death when he's not dead. God actually healed him. There's not grace for me to be worrying about my child's future right now in the now. There's not grace for that. In the moment, his grace is sufficient. Have you ever seen somebody go through something and, and they're like, how did, I don't know how they're doing that. That's so hard. How are they getting through it? They're getting through it because the grace of God is upon their lives. But the grace of God is not for yesterday. It's not for the things of tomorrow. It's for the now in our lives. It's available today for you. His grace is sufficient. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. What does the Bible say? Why are you worried about tomorrow? It can't add anything to your life. Stay in the grace of the moment. And that's what fear does. It takes you out of that space of grace. That's why sometimes that anxiety makes you feel like you can't do it. You can't because because you need to lean into the grace of God. You need to expose lies with truth and you need to say, I'm going to stay 
in today's grace. I'm not going to let my mind and my thoughts go to the past. And there's not grace for the past because what will happen is your mind is like a computer. And if you let fear uh, have way in it, it, maybe it's a trauma from the past. It'll keep you stuck in that place. It'll keep you stuck uh, in that fear, paralyzed in that moment of fear in your life. But if you lean into grace, it'll walk you through it. But you can't keep taking yourself back to that moment through your thoughts. You have to release it to the Lord and allow the Lord to heal your mind, renew your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. Renew your mind. Even if there's things that you have seen that you didn't want to see, even if there's traumas and experiences that you've been through that you would have never wished on your worst enemy, the Lord can heal your mind, but you have to let it go. You have to take your thoughts captive. You can't let uh, him take you out of your identity and your authority by continuing to use the same old lies from the past uh, in your life. Make a decision today. I'm going to step out. I'm going to expose the enemy, and I'm not going to live in that place. So in 1 Samuel 17, we go on in the story, and we see here that David actually comes on the scene. In verse 20, it says, David rose early in the morning and left his sheep with the keeper and took the provisions and went to the line of battle. In verse 22, it says, And David left the, the uh, things in charge of the keeper, the baggage, and ran towards the ranks and greeted his brother. And he hears all of this that's going on. And I love this because David wasn't hearing things for 40 days and 40 nights. He's just entering the scene of the battle. He was out actually in the presence of God. He was out with the sheep. So when he comes on the field and he sees Goliath, he's completely confused why the army of God is acting the way that they are. Why they're so intimidated and they're so fearful because he hasn't been under the lies day and night. And it says uh, he asks and about them, and and he sees that he saw that the men flee from him, and that they were still much afraid. They were still much afraid. David asked, "Who is this giant that comes against the armies of God?" And I love this because if you remember, getting a little teachy uh, today uh, in the broadcast, but but if you remember before, Goliath called Israel's army the army of Saul. But when David comes on the scene, he addresses them as the army of God. And the difference in that, you know, that the David has a revelation of who is behind them. And you need to remember who is behind you in every situation, that you're not fighting your battle in your own strength. You're not walking through life in your own strength. If I didn't have God, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I would be so afraid because, you know, the world is a crazy place. But you, you have Holy Spirit. And if you don't, you need to invite him into your life today. Invite Jesus into your heart. But you're not fighting this battle alone. There is one who fights with you. There's a fourth man in the fire. And I want to talk to you about that for just a second uh, as we open up the word of God on fear. In Daniel 3, there's a story. We're shifting from 1 Samuel to Daniel, Daniel for just a moment. There's a story of three young Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they are taken into Babylon, and uh, they're taken out of their culture. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, creates a huge idol statue. And he goes on to say, he says, whenever you hear the music start playing, I want you to bow down to this statue. And so in Daniel 3, go back and read it, it says that 
uh, the music started to play and everyone around them bowed and these three uh, Hebrew boys were left standing and they're like, maybe they didn't hear us correctly. We're going to go back and tell them and actually threaten them that if they don't bow to this idol, what's going to happen in their lives? And so it goes back and he says, you know, if, if you don't bow, you're going to be thrown into the fire. And so it happens again. They don't bow. Come back. You know, we're going to turn the fire up. We're going to turn the fire up so hot. Uh, that, that you're, you're never going to survive this. And so they didn't bow, and so they bind them up. And, and the king says, look, this is, you're going to die. You're going to go into the fire. And these three Hebrew boys say this. They say, you know what? We believe that God is going to come through on our behalf. But even if we have to go into that fire, our God is faithful. Even if. I want to talk to you for a second on overcoming fear, turning your as if at what if rather, turning your what if into the even if in your life. Even if, even if, and that's what confronting fear is. The enemy wants to keep you in intimidation and hiding and not wanting to confront it. But when you confront it, like the woman in Proverbs 31, who it says that she looked at her future and she laughed. And I love that because she confronted every fear that she could possibly have. And she said, even if, my God is faithful. Even if I have to walk through some fires, he's going to be with me along the way. He's going to turn it around for my good. Even if I have to go through some junk, I know his grace is going to be upon me. And he is a good, good God. And, and if, if it's not good, he's not finished yet because he turns all things around for my good. That's the moment that we come to as people of God. That's the moment where we press past intimidation and say, even if, even if, I love it because David has a conversation with uh, Saul and Saul's trying to talk him out of fighting Goliath because David gets ticked off. He's like, I'll go out and fight. And, and he's like, you shouldn't do this. And, and David said, look, I fought the lion and I fought the bear. He was recounting God's faithfulness. He said, and my same God will do it again in my life. And it, when fear tries to come upon you, when that what if uh, tries to come upon you, you need to start recounting the faithfulness of God. You know what, even if I remember in that moment, I remember when God did that miracle. I remember when his grace was upon me. I remember when he healed me, he comforted me. He was closer than a brother. I remember his goodness. So in those moments when you're shifting from what if to even if, there's a fourth man in the fire. He's walking with you and his name is Jesus. The Bible says he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. And I love the end of Daniel 3 because it says they came out of the fire, it was the fourth man in the fire, they came out not even smelling like smoke. And that will be your story. You don't have to fear anything. Perfect love, the Bible says, cast out all fear. There's no fear that can overtake you, that which God's faithfulness doesn't consume. So you might walk through some fires, but you're going to come out not even smelling like smoke this morning. The only thing that was burnt up on those three Hebrew boys were the things that try to keep them bound, the ropes that try to keep them bound. So you remember that today. When the enemy tries to tell you you're not going to make it, your finances are going under, your loved one's never going to come to Jesus, uh, what if the world ends, what if Jesus comes back and, and so-and-so doesn't know the Lord, you keep pressing into faith, you keep walking in grace. He wants us to quit, he wants us to retreat, he wants us to say, what's the use? Uh, no, you're going to stand up in the identity and the boldness of who God has created to be, you to be and what he has called you to in Jesus' name. Not bowing down 
to any idols. You know, uh, in Daniel 3, I think about he wanted them, when they heard the music, to bow, to bow. And isn't that how the enemy is? When, he, when we hear those lies coming at us, it's like the music from the world. It's like the music uh, of everything that's going on, on around us, from the economy to wars and rumors of wars. And yes, this stuff's heavy stuff, but you have a decision. Are you going to bow like the world does? Are you going to stand up and say, my God is faithful because fear will make you bow and it is creates idols in your life. Anything that fear has a hold on in your life is an idol to you. You know, even good things, even our children can become idols when it comes to fear. God, you can have 90% of my life. I, I'm going to believe you that you're going to protect, but, but my kids, I feel like I still have to have a hand in that. It's an idol in your life. It's an idol in your life. God, I feel like I could, I could trust you with all of these other things, but when it comes uh, to my health, I feel like I have, I'm in control. It's an idol in your life. Uh, my finances, God, I feel like I can trust you in all these other areas, but when it comes to finances, I bow. I bow. No, it's an idol in your life. Say, God, I don't want any idols in my life. I submit it all under your lordship. Jesus is Lord over every area of my life. And even if, even if I walk through some stuff, his faithfulness is going to be on display, confronting fear head on, overcoming fear in Jesus' mighty name. Well, the last area that we're going to talk about today is fear of man. Because we see this play out in David's life in 1 Samuel 17. It says this, now Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why have you come down, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your presumptions and the evil in your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? Uh, was it not but a word? And he turned away for, from him and turned towards another and spoke the same way. And the people answered him, as before. Fear of man. This is another area that the enemy will try to get you to buy the lie in, to try to get you to uh, really take the bait of these thoughts in your life. What do these people think about me? Are they talking about me? It'll keep you from moving forward in what God has. Listen, the older that I get, the more I realize people are not talking about you. They're worried about themselves. People are very selfish but in nature, so they're not so much worried about you as they are themselves. And if they are talking about you, it's projecting something that's going on within them. Eliab, David's brother, uh, was ticked off at David, not because David was courageous, not because he really thought David had ill will, but Eliab himself wasn't courageous enough to go out and fight the battle. David's older brother wasn't as courageous as David, and there was something in David the, the courage that came from God in David that rubbed Eliab the wrong way. And when he started to walk in his God-ordained destiny, Eliab didn't like it. And so he tried to project on David to get him stuck, to get him to question his motive, to get him to feel badly about himself. And let me just tell you this right now. The enemy will use Eliab's in your life uh, to try to hold you back. 
to try to get you to bow to their opinions, to try to get you to, to question your motive. Am I doing this because of God? Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe, maybe they're right. And you know, people even who say that they love you and they support you will tear you down, tell you that you can't do it, you shouldn't do it. Don't, don't give way to those kind of people. Don't give them a voice into your life. You hear the voice of God first and foremost, and you get around people who support you and you love you, who love you because Iliabs will always try to take you down because of their own projection. They're going to project their own fears onto you to try to get you stuck. Maybe you broke out of fear and you're like, I'm finally going to do this. I'm going to go after what God told me I could go after. And then Iliab comes and says, uh, I don't know if you should do that. Do you have the money? Are you qualified? Oh, I didn't know you had a degree. Do you have a degree? Are you smart enough in that area? Be quiet, Iliab. I'm doing what God told me to do. Don't bow to the opinions of man, to, to the fear of man, to people pleasing in your life. There's a moment we love people, but Jesus Christ is your one and only Lord and master. And there's a point where you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to do what people say? When I stand before God on judgment day, am I going to say, uh, God, I'm sorry uh, that I didn't accomplish. And when I have to give an account uh, for, for all of the gifts and callings that you put on my life, I am sorry I didn't go for that because so-and-so, my sister, didn't, she didn't really think I should. No, it's going to be between you and God. He's going to say, this is what I had for you. What did you do with it? And so really realizing that. And then, you know, don't let the opinions of man get you down, uh, take you out of a place of joy, out of a place of faith. No, you stay in the word of God. You get grounded in the word, and that's the number one opinion that you need to listen to. I love the, the quote that's going around on social media. It says, when God called you, it wasn't a conference call. So remember that, that whatever God has called you to, he alone has equipped and anointed you for. And not everybody will understand that. And that's okay. And you need to move forward out of the fear of man and giving in to the opinions of man. Saul also tried to impose his opinion on David. Remember, as you read in 1 Samuel 17, he was going to go out and fight uh, Goliath. And Saul's like, you can't do it uh, in your own strength, David. You have to put on my armor. And David got all suited up and then he had a revelation, like, this doesn't feel right. I didn't test this out. And it actually says David tried to go out in vain. He tried to go out in his own strength. And, you know, that's what happens. Uh, even people in the world or even our own thinking will try to suit us up in Saul's armor. We'll try to go out in vain. Maybe uh, we see something on social media that looks like a fun calling, and we're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that because that looks fun, or that looks that, like, looks like they're enjoying what they're doing. Or, or maybe even we get beat ourselves up, and we're like, I'm not good enough because I'm not that. Well, really silencing Saul in our lives and realizing that God didn't want David to defeat the Goliath to defeat Goliath with Saul's sword in his armor. David was fashioned with a slingshot and a stone because of his own experience, because of uh, what God had called him to in the fields for his preparation was for this moment. And let me encourage you today, as we're talking about not bowing to the opinions and the fear of man, that God has called you specifically for your purpose and your destiny. Don't get distracted by other people's opinions their callings, what they're good at, their giftings. It's not you. God has called you and created you. Don't let the enemy get in your head and get in that space with that lie. Overcome that fear and say, I am created on purpose for a purpose, and I will walk in it in Jesus' name. Well, I am so glad that you joined me today as we talked about over 
overcoming fear. Thanks for tuning in with me on this broadcast. As you're uh, commenting here, I see so many comments, not giving into fear. Emily, my son had a motorcycle accident and God protected him. Uh, and, and not to move into the what ifs, but into the even ifs in our lives. So, so good. Yes, he is faithful, Barb. You are so right. Fear is not going to have a hold. Megan, you're right. Who you surround yourself with matters. Lindsay, currently being questioned on the steps you're taking to move closer to God, doing what God told you to do. Listen to me, Lindsay. You are, you're breaking ground, and sometimes that's not easy. But you're going to look back, and your family is going to thank you for standing up and taking the ground that you have taken because it's going to change everything in your family. You just watch. You're going to look back and see the faithfulness of God as you walk in his grace in this situation. Carol, uh, you've had so much fear in your life and you hate it. Or be believing that you're going to be set free, Carol, today. It starts with taking those thoughts captive, understanding the play of the enemy, how he tries to get us to bow to fear, understanding that fear is actually a spiritual attack against us and building up a strong spirit comes against that fear. And then also uh, uh, taking those thoughts captive, 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Let that be your mantra all day long. Any thought that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, against the knowledge of his word, we cast those things down in Jesus' mighty name. So, so good. Nicole, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm glad that you were blessed. Well, as you're uh, commenting and watching, share this broadcast if you feel like it could bless somebody else. Don't forget, join us every Wednesday at 9.05 here for Morning Devo's L Conference. Don't miss out, ladies. You're going to be so blessed. May 13th and 14th, discounted tickets this weekend just for Mother's Day, all of the amazing women out there. So I love you so much. Let me pray for you, leaving for fear to be broken. So we're going to pray this prayer, but it's your responsibility to take the thoughts captive, to renew your mind with the word of God. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person watching today. We just come against that spirit of fear, the lies of the enemy that would want to come and hold us back, intimidate us, uh, paralyze us from moving forward in the things of God. I pray for supernatural boldness to be upon your people today, supernatural joy, fresh faith, to accomplish the impossible, Lord. Everything that you put into their hearts, I pray that you would give them boldness and courage to walk in. Fear goes and faith rises this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in. Be blessed. And remember, God has set you up to be a champion in this life. I love you all.